Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, podcasts, articles, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of things to get into today. We're going to be joined by Jason Kersey of The Athletic, who wrote a really fascinating article on Chad Morris. We're going to talk to him about that, as well as to get into some nonsense on this Valentine's Day. I have never been a big proponent of Valentine's Day. Shocking, I know. But it just seems like it's such a lame holiday. It's a lame holiday because you feel like you're forced to get something to show your appreciation for your significant other when it kind of takes away from the originality of it all. It seems like you have to be cliche and get flowers or get chocolates or get Valentine's Day cards. You know, the simplest of things that get just priced up the wazoo. And so you have to go out and you have to do that. There's just a lot going on with it. But the original spirit of Valentine's Day is love. That's what it is. At least that's what I was taught in elementary school where I had to get Valentine's and you had to put the little bag on the front of your desk and you handed them all out to all your classmates and you're required to hand it out to your classmates because if you left anybody out, then that was just a bad deal for you. But that's what it really comes down to is it's a holiday of love. And I'm going to play off of that. I'm going to be really lame about it. I'm going to play off of that. So I'm simply going to ask the question to a lot of Razorback fans out there. Why do you love the Razorbacks? Why are you a fan of the Razorbacks? And the reason I ask this question is because just in the past year, since I've been on this show, which is crazy, it's coming up on my uh, year anniversary here. But just in the last year, I was reflecting on it last night of just all the things that have gone awry for Arkansas. Things that did not go according to plan. Things that should have gone according to plan, but for whatever reason they didn't. Just just looking at it all in general. You had the way that the baseball season ended, which was really exciting. And it was a really great finish because you were the runner-up to the College World Series. But it would have been one thing if you just flat out lost to Oregon State. If you got a game, and then they got a game, and then in game three, the rubber match, it was a close one, but they just edged you out. It would have been one thing. But that's not the Arkansas way. That's not what Arkansas does. It has to be in the most gut-wrenching, disappointing, frustrating, just wanting to make you cry, ending with, of course, a foul ball that should have been caught but it wasn't. You move on to the football season. I, I mean, that, what, I don't even know if that, that may be beyond sad of what happened to the football team and what was the football season's all about. I mean, that, that may have been a way that where it was just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore. You didn't even know what you were seeing. You, had, you witnessed an all-time horrible, absolutely just, I mean, you couldn't even imagine that. That was like your worst case scenario. They're your legitimate nightmare. But it was just like, oh, it was horrible. Well, let's move on to that. Let's move away from that. We don't even want to think about it. We don't even want to approach it anymore. And now it's like you got basketball going on right now, which is really frustrating for a lot of Razorback fans, too. And if you don't believe me, you should listen to the show yesterday. Heard the amount of calls that were coming in. Sure, some were a couple of them were positive. But for the majority of the time... It were Razorback fans that were saying, you know what? What I'm seeing is not what I want to see. I just want to change. 
they're losing me as a fan. They're losing my passion. They're losing my fire. And I don't want that fire to be extinguished. I need that fire to have some lighter fluid poured all over it. And change is the only way that's going to make that happen. Legitimately. You have been through a lot in the past year, Razorback fans. You have been. You have been tested in a way that you probably have never been tested before. Not tested because of just disappointment, but tested your fanhood. Tested the fact that it was like, okay, I got to I gotta rethink some things here. I got to look back of why I'm a Razorback fan. Why am I a fan of this? My Saturdays were really disappointing in the fall. Why, why am I subjecting myself to it? Well, it's because you love the Razorbacks. That's why. You love them. No matter when they disappoint you, no matter when it's bad, when it's frustrating, when, you, when they put you in a bad mood because of the way they perform, you still love them. There's been some fun moments, too, and I don't want to be all doom and gloom about it, but I'm just looking at the facts and looking at realistic expectations of what you had this past year, how almost all of them were dashed. Why do you love this program? I think a lot of you love it because it's the way you grew up. Your dad or your mom, they grew up Razorback fans. Or maybe all your friends growing up in school, they were Razorback fans because you're from the state of Arkansas. And you just grew up with the love that you have. Maybe that's as simple as that. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe there was a moment or a team or a player or a game that got you onto the Razorback bandwagon. That once you saw that, you may have been just a casual fan or maybe you weren't a fan at all. But once you saw that, it got you excited. It got you hopeful and it got you to put to a point to where you want to hop on something And you want to see it through. Maybe it was that. Everybody has their own reason. Me personally, I just grew up a Razorback fan because my dad was a Razorback fan. My dad grew up in Arkansas. And my dad always tells me about the disappointments and the frustrations that he went through as a kid. How he bawled like a baby in 1969 in the shootout after Arkansas lost to Texas 15 to 14. He remembers that disappointment. But then he also talks about the great times he had. Like going down to the Orange Bowl when Lou Holtz was the coach and Arkansas just obliterating Oklahoma with their two best running backs out of the game. Or in 94 when they won the national championship. Or in 81 where they beat Texas. You know, there's just all these moments that you can look back on which you remember the great times, but you also remember the bad times. And maybe that's why you love them too. Is because everywhere in your life you struggle. You go through hard times yourself, whether it's through your job, through your family, through your friends, whatever it is, you have hardships. But you try to find your way out of it. And so the Razorback fans and the Razorback program itself, they can relate. Because during those down times, you go through down times. But through the great times, it makes everything feel so much better. And if you don't believe that, just look, just remember back when Arkansas finally made it to the College World Series final. Before, before all the games even start, when they were set up to play a three-game series against Oregon State for all the marbles. Think back to that time when you knew that was happening. And think back to the buzz around the state. The excitement, the happiness, the energy. Think back to that. Everything was better. Work was better. 
your home life was better, your food was better, everything was better when the Razorbacks were at an all-time high. And maybe that's why you're a fan. It's because when the all-time highs hit, is isn't very often, but when they hit, it's the best thing. It's the best feeling you can ever have because it makes everything else in your life that much better. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. I'm moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. We've been talking a lot of basketball and baseball, but it's never a bad time to talk a little Razorback football. And we're going to do that right now as we welcome in Jason Kersey, who writes for The Athletic, had a really fascinating and great article in a conversation that he had with head football coach Chad Morris of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Jason, really appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? Happy to do it, John. I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, we're doing well. Obviously, uh, the football season has, has fully come to an end, and we're getting revved up for spring practice. you got baseball going on, basketball. There's a lot, a lot of things going on, but uh, you know, football is just one of those fascinating things I know everybody always enjoys hearing about it. And you had an article that you wrote in Catching Up with Chad Morris, and we'll get to some of the more specifics that went through it. But he had a lot of things to say that I at least haven't heard him say in the many times we've had press conferences and interviews with him. But since you got to talk to him, just what was your overall takeaway from the conversation you had with him, him coming off a 2-10 and year, him having a good recruiting class? Just what was your overall thought coming away from it? Well, I, I, I knew that we were going to have a good interview when you know, I walked in because you, you probably know this, John. You've spent enough time around me. I'm a big Red Bull guy. Oh, yeah. And um, so I walked in drinking a Red Bull to his office and he sat down and looked at it and saw it and said, you know what? I'm going to go get one, too. <laughs> and like got up and <laughs> went back uh, behind his desk and got one. And brought it out, and so then I was like, "Okay, this is going to be a good interview." Um, but no, he he was uh, he was pretty relaxed. He strikes me kind of as one of those coaches. I think there are a lot of coaches that when you get them in a uh, more you know intimate setting, they open up a little bit more. And I think he's probably like that. Um, actually, most coaches are probably like that. Maybe he's a little bit more extreme that way. When you because I haven't really been to too many press conferences with him like you have, so right. I haven't really seen that. I mean, this is. This is one of the first times I've actually visited with him. So to me, this is kind of the first time I've really gotten to talk to him. And and so um, my takeaway was I think he felt the pressure last year. I think the the losses piling up did uh, did impact him and bother him. But you know he was he he basically was saying that you know he sort of knew I think coming in that it was going to be a rough first year that this was a very big rebuilding project. Um, that he was inheriting. And, you know, I didn't realize till I looked it up that there were only like 16 players on the roster last year that were four star or five stars. And he signed 11 in, uh, in, in this class. So like he has a lot of, a long way to go and having 16, four stars on your roster when you play in the sec West just isn't going to cut it. And, and he knows that. And I think there's just a, uh, there's a lot more work to do, but he seems energized by it. Um, I thought my, my favorite thing that he said that I, that I think Arkansas fans probably appreciate is him saying that, you know, this is, this is about more than just trying to have one or two good years. He wants to build a, a sustained, successful program, and that just takes time. 
Well, when you were able to talk with, I think the Razorback fans were really interested in the fact of like, okay, so obviously it was a problem. It was two and ten. Two and ten is a bad deal. But people were starting to wonder, okay, was it more of a culture problem? Was it more of a talent issue? Uh, obviously, it's a little bit of both. But people kept wondering, what is the what is the underlying issue here? When you got the chance to talk to him, did did you get an indication of what if it was more of just a culture problem, or was it just because he didn't have the talent that he needed to do what he wanted to do? I, I almost hesitate to say this because, and I think you know this because we've talked about it before, but like I really like Brett Bielema personally. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think he's a good man. I think he's a good coach. Um, but it just did, it didn't work here. And we're starting to see, I think, just the mess that he left mm-hmm. for, for Chad Morris. And um, from, from a talent perspective, I don't know so much about culture because I'm not around the program every day like I, like I used to be. Right. So I, you know, it's hard for me to really say that. But I, I definitely think talent-wise, there was a problem, and uh, a clear problem. And one thing Chad was very open about is, is that they just did not get good enough quarterback play. And to 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 run the offense he, he wants to run, you have to have good, at least consistent quarterback play. And they shouldn't have it last year. With you know, I I didn't I wasn't around the program last season much, but I but I watched the games and Cole Kelly and Ty Story just didn't get it done, um, and. That's why I think they, you know, they've got to figure that part out. And, and you know, I don't know. Ben Hicks may be a nice like one year uh, stopgap, and I guess Nick Stark may may also uh, enter the mix. But th- they're going to have to get a, a sort of program changing quarterback. I think he didn't say that. I'm saying that. But I think that's what's going to take. He needs he needs a program changing quarterback to come in and uh, and elevate them because. His offense is so – I think his offense needs that so much, if, the, if that makes sense. Yeah, because here's the thing. He had a great recruiting class this past season, and that's kind of what I want to get into because the quarterback is, is mentioned into that, obviously, with K.J. Jefferson coming in, and then he has to tra- transfer in Ben Hicks. Nick Starkle's taking a visit, an official visit to Arkansas, so obviously uh, he's still looking around. But a lot of people are wondering, how in the world did Chad Morris, a relatively unknown coach, come into Arkansas, which has ha- inherited a program that was in bad shape, go 2-10, and ten, and then sign one of the best recruiting classes, at least one of the most talented recruiting classes Arkansas has had in quite some time. Because you could even say, like, back when Bobby Petrino first arrived, and he had a great recruiting class his first year, a lot of people chalked it up was like, well, you had Tyler Wilson and Jarius Wright and Joe Adams and all these big players in the state of Arkansas to help that. And then when Brett Bielema came in, some people felt like, hey, he had great assistant coaches that were great recruiters. So what is it about Chad Morris? How has he? What has been his main factor in being able to sign some of these great players? Because it wasn't like they all came from the state of Arkansas, and it wasn't like they didn't have other great options. What was he doing that made the these guys stand out to him, and what stood out to the University of Arkansas in recruiting them? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think so much of it is, is he's a very honest person. I think in terms of like. Hey, look, we're this isn't going well. I don't think he tried to BS these guys, and I think he I think he pitched early playing time. I absolutely think that was part of it. Um, he admitted that 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 was a big big pitch for him. And uh, guys, you know, coming out of high school these days, um, they want to come in and play early. We see it now with the transfer portal. We think a lot about quarterbacks, but it's not just quarterbacks. There's a lot of guys that are entering that portal that didn't play their first year in a place and they want to go somewhere else. So early playing time is certainly a, a good one. And then, um, you know, there's just something about Chad Morris's personality. I think it's a lot of it comes from his days as a high school coach. He connects with these high school coaches so well 
Um, and that was one thing I asked him about. And he said he still considers himself a high school coach because when he goes into these schools, you know, he can identify with the problems that the high school coaches have, their budgets, you know, they're having to go do lunchroom duty, having to this and that booster club meetings, all those sorts of things. And so I think that's a really interesting and and powerful and sort of different in that he has with these with these high school programs. Now, um, you know, whether that matters, like uh, whether any recruit would say that that matters, uh, prob- they probably wouldn't. But maybe subliminally it does, or at least it matters in terms of the people that are influencing them. So I think that helps, too. I mean, he, he's just a really good recruiter. And, uh, you know, if you can sign the number 23 whatever i know they're sort of different the right. different services have them ring different but um if you have the 22 23 recruiting class if they're going two and ten i mean you you've got to imagine that if they go i don't know eight and four some year or, or even six and six you i mean how, how much better will they recruit and i think that's something that's gonna be interesting to watch because you know I, i'm not sitting here saying that arkansas is gonna win eight or nine games next year but if they get to a bowl next year they, they really might be able might be showing some signs that they're really establishing some momentum. We're going to continue our conversation with Jason Kersey of The Athletic, talking a little bit about Chad Morris here in just a second. But first, this. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. What about his relationship with the fans? Because I know you wrote a little bit about this and asked him about it. That's something I thought was fascinating because, you know, just going off of the previous coaches at Arkansas, Bobby Petrino, we all know the type of guy he was. He was not a very uh, uh, open f- guy with the fans, and there wasn't any relation there. I think Brett Bielma was a very – just a guy's guy that you could just seem like you wanted to hang out with and have a beer with. But obviously the last lack of success and the mess he left the program in, people started to have disdain for him. But what about – somebody like Chad Morris, the relationship he has with the fans. We know that he's gone out and, and spoke just like everything, but how does he feel about it? And how does he feel like the fan base views him? Well, he's, you know, he feels like the fan base is behind him. And, and, uh, you know, that was one thing we really spent a lot of time talking about because we both, um, I, I think this is one area where I can sort of understand what Chad is saying, because, you know, Chad had never lived in the state of Arkansas before he came here. I had never lived in the state of Arkansas before I came out here to cover them in 2016. You, you know, I, uh-huh. I was, I was new and I, and I had to, and it took me a little time to sort of learn the mindset of the Arkansas fan base, the, the passion that they have, the, the oddity of it being the only real show in the whole state, uh, professional or college to speak of. And so everyone cares about it. Everyone's a fan. And it's something that, uh, that I sort of, you know, listening to him talk about it, that's something that I, even as someone covering the team had to learn that you're, you know, you're coaching for, you're playing for, or in my case, you're writing for the entire state. Um, and, uh, and so I think that's something that he takes seriously. I think it's something that he uh, is very keenly aware of. Uh, even He said that he was aware of it when he took the job. I'm sure there were, though, some moments where he sort of really became aware of it after he was, after he was in Fayetteville. But, um, you know, he, he's keenly aware of that. And I think that he, he embraces that and, and we'll see, you know, how that relationship continues. But I think the fact that they went two and 10 and then recruited so well really helps him out. Because again, if you, if you think if they go two and 10 and do that well, how well are they going to do uh, recruiting when they're, when they're actually winning games? But it was certainly a rough season. I mean, 
I wasn't around again very much last year, but I, you know, I, I see Twitter, I see what people are saying. And man, when, when you lose by as much as they lost to North Texas by at home, yeah. I mean, that, that's going to, that's going to piss some people off. So I, I, I was very curious. That's one of the things I wanted to really ask him when I went in there was how he feels like his relationship with the fan base is. And what I found out is he feels pretty good about it. Well, see, and that was the thing is because Arkansas had statistically, however you want to put it, the worst season they've ever had in their history of a football program. And that's a hard pill to swallow, especially for a first year coach, because listen, I mean, Brett Bielma had a bad first year, but people you know, saw that how many true freshmen he was playing and they said, OK, well, if it gets better, yeah, he took over a bad program. You know, there's kind of excuses. But then when Chad Morse goes two and ten. It, uh, the recruiting class was really the only saving grace I believe he actually had because if he hadn't have gotten the, the recruiting class he did, if he would have had just another, you know, ranked 35th or something like that, there would have been a lot of fans that would have been jumping off the Chad Moore's bandwagon entirely because he's trying to mimic, and this is something you mentioned in your article too, and I know a lot of people have talked about it. He, he likes to mimic or is trying to mimic what Clemson's doing with Dabo Sweeney and the relationship that he has. And I think that also can have some Razorback fans – excited at least in a minimal amount because they're like hey Dabo kind of was in the same situation he took over a program he took over for a fired coach he was a nobody he came out of nowhere he built it up the right way and now look at it I think that there's some hope in Razorback fans minds of saying hey if Dabo can do that at Clemson maybe just maybe Chad Morris can do that at Arkansas too yeah and he does you know that was one thing too that we talked a lot about is he models basically everything after what uh, Dabo does at, at Clemson and so um, and, and one thing that's interesting about Clemson you know they don't you you kind of you think I mean they've won two of the last three national titles they're in the playoff every year but it's not like they're out signing the number one or number two classes in the country every year I mean their their recruiting is is not sort of what you would maybe expect for a program that's doing that. And that's not to say I'm not one of these stars don't matter guys. Mm -hmm. I think that's really a stupid, simplistic way to look at it. The stars obviously matter um, to some degree, but they're not totally everything. And so, you know, if Arkansas is recruiting in the top 15 or 20 um, consistently year after year, like Clemson has done, uh, you know, I, again, I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up. I don't think I'm not saying <laughs> Arkansas is going to win the sec West anytime soon. Cause I don't think that they are. But I, but I think that there's some hope there that you can you can build this thing up the right way. But people are just going to have to be patient. I mean, I, I think people are just going to have to be patient. He inherited a program that was in, in a little bit of a mess. Um, he, you know, obviously had to is trying to install an offense that this team last year was not at all equipped to 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 handle. You know, um, to to they didn't have the right quarterback play. They didn't have. They obviously have a long way to go, I think, still on the offensive line, um, which is really unbelievable. I mean, that's a little bit off topic, but, man, you know, when when Pittman had that offensive line rolling, I, that is one of the more stunning things about the Beal in the air to me. And I don't know what you think yeah. about it, but the fact that they went from having the best offensive line in the SEC to the worst in a matter of months with a new position coach – it's still one of the most shocking things I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those balances where it just shows how amazing of a coach Sam Pittman is and just how awful of a coach Kurt Anderson was. I, I think that that was uh, really the crazy dynamic because it was like, you know, that's almost like saying that Lincoln Riley is going to have a year where he has the worst quarterback in the league. Like, it's like, no, th that just doesn't make sense. It's in the same way with Brett Bielema, you if you would have made a bet, it was that he was never going to have a bad offensive line. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. So, yeah, it was such a crazy 
uh, dynamic of how, how that transpired. And I think that that's like also what's helped Chad Morris a little bit with some fans is that they have really placed a lot of blame on Brett Bielema, rightfully so or not. But I think that he's kind of been made uh, a scapegoat in a lot of ways, just saying, okay, it was so bad what he did and how bad everything was and the issues that we're seeing now with not only the players, but the talent is all on him. So maybe once Chad Morris gets his guys in, uh, that'll be the difference. But there's no doubt that Razorback fans, man, they've it seems like they've been through quite a bit and – uh, you know, with with Chad Morris, I almost feel bad for him in a way. You know, like he's had to take over yeah. such a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. No, he he did. He had to take over a, a bad situation and try to make the best of it in one year. Um, when you know, when you but but geez, when you're an SEC West team and you're losing non-conference games in the same year to Colorado State and North Texas, yeah. I mean, that is a very clear indication that there are there are some problems um, that that. You know, maybe, maybe, okay, they probably shouldn't have lost to North Texas the way that they did. And I'm sure some of that is on Chad Morris. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there were some things that you saw happen last year where, like, the North Texas fake fair catch thing, that to me is coaching a little bit. I mean, they just were not prepared for some of those moments. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But it was also a great play, too. I mean, you have to kind of consider that. I mean, so I, I, I mean, I'm not saying Chad Morris is completely blameless here. I mean, when you go two and 10, there's a lot of things that go wrong and you can't blame it all on the previous coaching staff, but it's pretty clear that there were, there were some major foundational issues here that, that he, he inherited and is trying to fix. No doubt about it. Interesting article. And if you want to check it out, if you're listening, just go to theathletic.com or you can follow Jason Kersey on Twitter at Jason Kersey. You can check out his stuff there as well. Jason, great article. Really appreciate you hopping on, talking a little bit about it, giving a little more insight on Chad Morris. I'm sure we'll be catching up later down the road, my man. Anytime, man. Thanks, John. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also check it out on Spotify, and you can follow me on Twitter at RushJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And we're going to keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then.